today, the 4th, April 4th. Mm-hmm. What did you yeah. two say in that song? Uh, early morning, April 4, shot rings out in Memphis skies. What song is that? Well, I forget the name of the song, but it's in the name of love. One more in the um, name of love. Okay. Pride? I think it's called Pride. Mm. I don't really, I, yeah, I know the the chorus of each one of their big songs, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that event, April 4th, 1968, assassination of Martin Luther King, mm. we're talking about, I believe, mm. was it 1968 or 1967? 1968. I don't know why I thought it was earlier than that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rough Crazy. year in American history. Yeah, not great. So not great. it is a Tuesday. It is April 4th. Also, happy birthday to close friend of the show, Mishi Muzika. Just saying, what's up? One of my best friends. Giving a little shout out. Right on. Happy birthday. Yeah. Great stained glass artist. Mm. Really incredible work out there in Jersey City, New Jersey. Now, that is really close. In fact, Jersey City, New Jersey, to the best of my understanding, is where the Penguins tend to stay when they play the, the, the Newark Devils. Mm. So right? that's and probably I, where they are right now. Yeah, well... 12, 10 p.m. They might be practicing, but in theory, yeah. that's where they're staying. That's right. That's where I would be. I wouldn't be like, maybe Jake Gensel's already sitting on the bench with his headphones on. He has some kind of pregame thing, right, where he, he goes out to the bench and s- these guys with their, with their rituals. Yeah, they are very superstitious, and they tend to not ever change it up. I saw a stat somewhere this morning on the Twitter that Jake Gensel is leading the NHL or he's tied for first place in the NHL in goals since something pretty impressive, like March 7th or something. And I know what you're talking about. I saw it too, and I can't remember what the specifics are. But yeah, he's he's been at the top of the league for the past three weeks, a month maybe for – for goals scored, and I mean, it, it does feel like every uh, other day we've had half off Jake's shakes, so that tracks, yeah. Yeah. And with Jake getting hot, we have Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel starting to heat up as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. in we the saw- goal scoring department, not just the score sheet department, and that's oof. That is not a bad thing at any time of the year, but especially a good thing when the chips are down and they are down, George, are they not? Like, this is this is it. There is no overstating the this is the biggest game of the season. <laughs> this is it. For the rest of the year, every game is going to be the biggest game of the season, unfortunately, because that's just the the way that they've dealt themselves a hand their yeah. their backs are up against the wall and we're probably going to see the wild card standings flip a couple more times before the end mm. of the season and hopefully by the end of it the penguins will be in that 
second spot. And they honestly, they might even be in the first because of the way that the Islanders yeah. have kind of cooled off a little bit. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but well, that is that is not. a possibility at this point. There's going to be a lot of shuffling, and you're right. Uh, yeah, both Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel. Uh, scored on Sunday against mm. the Flyers, which is huge. And Ricard Raquel, honestly, he has He's, been less of an issue all season. He was he was much more productive when he was on Sid's line. Sure. But, but who but wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? But yeah, I mean, we he, really, yeah. really, really need Brian Russ to start stepping it up because he's just mm-hmm. not playing to his, what we know he's capable of. And if he can, if he can get hot going into the playoffs, Ooh, it, yeah. It, barring no missed playoffs from the Penguins, then that that would the importance of that can't be overstated. It's it's Seriously. just huge, yeah. And I feel like, especially on the home broadcast, the television broadcast, we we get a lot of cuts over to Brian Rust's face when he returns to the bench after a close call. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the last month or two of games, especially as as it's become more evident evident and thought about and talked about what you just described. We've been getting those those TV cuts to his face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that scar on his forehead from taking the puck to the dome when he decided to to roll out into warm-ups one night with no helmet and yeah. and, and got punished for it. It's like, you know. I don't know. I, I, we talked about it with Josh Getzoff a couple episodes back about visions of players succeeding, like Zucker mm-hmm. in the cup or Brian Rust scoring goals or Brian Rust going on a heater. You and I were at the game, that heartbreaker against Boston. Yeah. We haven't really had a chance to reflect on that together because I, I flew solo on the last episode. We missed right. you here. Listeners, I'm sure, did as well. And, what a night at PPG Paints Arena that that afternoon, I should say, the game versus the Bruins. Yeah, we was- really saw the Penguins play with a mostly healthy Bruins squad. Mm-hmm. I'd say a, a more depleted Penguins than were the Bruins. Yeah, that's I know for they're missing sure. Patrice Bergeron, but I don't know if Patrice Bergeron is as consequential a player as some of the ones that they had healthy. Probably not. They they're too good a team from top to bottom to they, I'm sure they felt his absence on their end, but they, they're not going to see that absence impact them in a negative way against other teams. And it really hasn't. And it didn't on Saturday. And Mm. the interesting thing though, is that the Penguins did kind of beat themselves in that game. They were in it, in it, in it until the very end, and it was heartbreaking for them to not even get a point out of it when the game oh, was yeah. tied for up up until the last couple minutes. But they, yeah. you know, stupid penalties, lack of discipline, yet again bit them in the butt, mm. and it wasn't so. And that's what's I don't we know. Haven't I, even, I, we, we haven't even gotten to that Flyers game and that that no. circus. Yeah, because that, that, that was there. a circus. There was a lot going on. But yeah, the, I, I think that's was something we talked about with Sean the other night. But mm-hmm. the, all these games against the Bruins have been very close. And yep. that's why I'm not necessarily... Like, we could have won that game. We probably should have won that game. We should have at least sent it to overtime. And if we, we, we were heading, in, heading on to the Powerball power play with 4.48 left and the score recently equalized at 3-3. 
Penguins to the power play with less than five minutes left, having just clawed their way back into the game for the third time. I mean, folks. And that was, but by that, by then our hearts were trampled all over uh, and our spirits were crushed because we had witnessed in the second period, I believe, was it? That five on three for almost a minute mm-hmm. or more. Can't remember how exactly long that five on three went on for, but it's it felt like an eternity because of that. And Malkin did not like the question from the reporters at the end of, how do you feel like in that five on three situation? Like, do you don't get enough shots? And then Malkin kind of interjects and says, what, you think we, we don't want to shoot? And that's why Steel City has the t-shirt, shoot the puck. Because it's real hard not to feel that way as a fan sometimes. I was just going to say, okay, but my my question to your question is, do you want to shoot the puck? Because it certainly doesn't seem that way, especially when there's so much open ice on a five on three. You you have every opportunity in the gosh darn world to shoot that puck and you're just passing it around like a bunch of jabronis what yeah. what are you waiting for exactly like the especially in a five on three the more you shoot the puck the more opportunities you'll have to rebound because the three guys on the other team there's only so much they can do they can't be in all places at all times if you shoot the puck more you have more guys who can get to the puck faster stop passing it Stop, just shoot it and stop shooting it from the blue line, please. And thank you get in front of the net. And I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's, it's one of those questions like that in theory, I'm sure most people would say that they want to work out, but do they want to work out? Do they actually work out? I don't know. Maybe not because working out is, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah and it doesn't always the the desire to do it doesn't always translate into the action because you don't always want to do it and you think we saw, that we, we saw yeah, what happened to. yeah we saw what happened when Sid Crosby started taking a role on the power play for a short little stint in in during the season where he after a short bit of rotation you know along the top I'm sure he was probably trying to get himself a a shooting chance but. He would just camp out in front of the net and scored at least twice in like three or four game span. That works, whether it's him, whether it's Gensel. Shoot, whether on that second power play unit with somebody out, particularly Malkin later on in the game, even a Granland camped in front of the net on power play two. I mean, look that, that power play two is just such a jumble of interesting names, names that you expect to score more than they do, names who... Might just kind of be out there for the face-off, and if you lose the face-off, you don't even get a chance necessarily. But as Gino probably is referring to not having, and he is Evgeny Malkin, so I mean, he knows better than I what a good shooting, you know, a good chance, a good high-danger chance looks like. But if you just shoot it at a goalie who's scared because he's already let three by and one more, and you, you get the rebound, you clean it up, you cause one of those three players who are incredibly shorthanded at that point to have to move out of position. You can be a little aggressive and fight them for that puck. And now the goalie's all alone. And if the other Bruin cycles around 
to come and create a screen that now you got a ton more open net. So if you get to that puck and you bank it off the backboards behind the goal to your other guy or something, and now, you know, Swayman in that case is going to have to make a crazy move to get back into position. So I think short of like just gently tapping it to one of the defensive players there for the, for the Boston team, get it on net, shoot for the rebound. Those NHLers, they have about a hundred ways to kill you. And I'm talking about the Penguins here. So shoot it. Look what happened with Raquel in the following game against the Flyers, right? He literally missed the net by his own admission by three feet, made a little self-deprecating joke about it. It bounces back off of Bob Aries' son, sorry, Samuel Arison, uh, and off of his butt or back and into the goal. You just never know. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. They got to go for it tonight. It's a hard building to play in in Newark, Jordan. And they always have a hard time against the doubles anyway, so it's going to be a it's going to be a tough match. And they're fighting for their lives quite literally. And I don't know. It's a it's a young, fast Devils team, and I'm not feeling super optimistic about this one. I mean, here it is. Another chance for a team in the Metropolitan Division to sweep the Penguins on the season series. If you're looking at it from the Devils' perspective, they're licking their chops. Let's go in and, and, and beat Crosby and the Penguins. Maybe we don't even have to try that hard because we're so much younger and faster. They're getting good goaltending this season. But I'm clicking in here to look down the New Jersey roster a little bit. First, I'm scrolling all the way down. Looks like on the fourth line, there's a question as to whether Nathan Bastion will be able to play right wing to Michael McLeod's centerman spot, uh, Miles Wood on the left wing. And if it isn't Bastion, I'm not familiar enough with the Devils roster to, to know who's going to be slotting in there. I can tell you on Daily Faceoff, they're talking about Jonathan Bernier potentially being injured and unavailable. Curtis Lazar as well, forward, out. But you got Nico Heischer centering the first line, Jack Hughes the second, Eric Halla the third, Michael McLeod's fourth line. Jesper Bratt, there's a name. There's a name who's done the Penguins in a couple of times as a New Jersey Devil, playing right wing to Jack Hughes. I'm thinking particularly about like Scoring a penalty shot at PPG Paints Arena. I'm thinking about an overtime winner that ended a game in the recent recent matchups. Yeah, they something about that Devils uniform. The Penguins they they go at each other. That is a that is a tough matchup. It always is. It's been that way for a long time, for as long as I can remember, at least. And I, yeah, I don't really know. They have a really solid uh, group of of centers and of forwards and their goaltending is like you said very um it's been reliable all season long and they're in a they're in a playoff position right they locked they locked their spot oh yeah um, oh yeah the devils currently have second place and and that that could change because the hurricanes 107 points devils 104 Right, so although the Canes have a game in hand on the Devils, making it less likely that that will that that will change. In fact, three points separating 
each place. So three points between first and second, three points between second and third. Devils and Rangers in second and third place respectively are even at 77 games played apiece. So yeah, there there still could technically be a changing of the guard there, but there won't be any within the Metropolitan Division as far as a wild card team supplanting. Though that is far That's gone, looks happen. like. Yeah. yeah eight, 87 points. However, we could go to bed in the first place wild card spot, but it's all about the the, the wild cards. Those first, second, and third place uh, teams definitely not changing at this point. Yeah, I don't want the Penguins to be in the first wild card spot. I don't think they've earned it. I think that they need to fight and claw their way into the very last spot in the playoffs, and I think they need to feel that heat going into the playoffs mm. if they are able to make it because that's the only way that they're actually going to have enough fire under them to to do any potentially serious damage. I don't think otherwise. I, th- I think if... They they just get in their own heads too much, it seems, in a very negatively positive way where they <laughs> feel negatively more settled positive. than they should, if that even makes sense, because they're, they can convince themselves, no, we're good, we got this, we got this. And I think that's a common theme among Pittsburgh teams, the Pirates not included in that, where it's like, well, we're Pittsburgh, we're Pittsburgh, yeah. we'll be fine, we'll figure it out. Um, you might not, though. You, uh, yeah. you, you might need to actually work to figure it out and not just cross your fingers and hope for the best because things tend to work out in your favor because, uh, spoiler alert, you've exited the playoffs in the first round the last four years. So I'm going to give those guys the pens. I'm going to give them the credit of not being in a complacent mentality right now. Maybe, maybe, you know, we see that occasionally, subconsciously, manifest itself in a shift here and there. You know, I, Malkin gets a lot of grief for his lack of back check sometimes or the taking of penalties. Oh, well, yeah, and on Sunday's game of, alone. My how goodness. Many did he have four? Ends up being chalked up to four penalties, and the last two came in one dose, resulted in the the game misconduct. I mean, I I really thought it was overblown. I don't know he, what he sure. said. It you know, have, it, it may have been bad. It may have been totally. They called him for a high stick. Mm-hmm. And then he gets blatantly high sticked. They miss yeah. it. Now he needs to. He needs to stay in that game. The Flyers end up chipping their way back to within one. Mm-hmm. That game could have gone. Let's like the flow of that game. Good choice of words on Chris Letang's thousandth game. The flow of that game, like, felt like a Penguins victory the whole way. And yet, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. The, Fly- the Flyers almost equalized. They really did. They kind of didn't almost in the sense that once they got to it in 3 2, the Penguins just like never looked back and, you know, paling pretty decidedly. Takes that puck off of the Mikhail Granlund actually a couple of times in that game, and it's become kind of his signature thing is just breaking up plays and getting his stick in there. But like, we really need more than that from you. Sixty-four. Even the night we were there for the Boston game, Jordan. How many times did Granlund end up with the puck in a situation that if like Zucker had the puck at mm-hmm. that point, or Rust, or Gensel, it would be an almost guaranteed. 
high danger scoring chance. But like mm-hmm. Granlin just, he can't get his hands together with that Penguins uniform on. I don't know what he was doing in Nashville because I wasn't watching Preds hockey, but he just- From what, I, from what I've heard, it's more of the same. That's what he was doing in Nashville. And that's why people weren't super thrilled about the- the addition of him on the Penguins roster. He's just mm. a little too slow and a little too clunky. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, he he really did blow a lot of opportunities for the Penguins in that game on Just make it interesting, man. Just like yeah. corral the puck and get a shot off occasionally. And, and I, look, yeah. change of scenery, intimidating locker room, be damned at this point there's no time for that yeah you know? he, he needs to kind of figure like you know you yeah. finish your business or get off the pot essentially yeah but Which there's there's no getting off the pot he's on the pot because that's it that's it Hextall, you're strapped Hextall brought him here um, yeah so that's that's fun but he's got get up in his you know his skating he gets himself in position a lot he ends up and that's why we're talking about it that's the upside of it right like the takeaway is he's in these positions because he can skate. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, we're not seeing the finish. He did poke that puck free in a crucial situation at the end to create an opening for Ryan Paling to walk it in for the empty netter and secure a big victory for the Pens. And oh, it feels pathetic to have to say that again. Biggest mm-hmm. victory of the season versus the lowly Philadelphia Flyers. Like, I remember when the biggest victory of the season was a couple of weeks ago against the Colorado Avalanche, and that really, that's a game that you really earns its stripes as being a big matchup, right? Mm-hmm. It's reigning Stanley Cup champion for, for the now middle of the pack at best Penguins. Mm-hmm. You almost think of the Penguins, yes, they're middle of the pack or above, but because they're in a they're in a wild card spot. But boy, it's uh, yes, we do expect more than that. Not just because it's quote unquote Pittsburgh, and there is that, and I think. I can at least glean as an as a non-native to the city, you know, newly living here. I I think I, I think I get what you mean because of all the Steelers champions championships and uh, you know the legacy of, of Penguins hockey being pretty dominant, especially in this salary cap era under the Crosby captaincy. It's it's just sad. It's 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 a slow car crash. It's interesting. Yesterday yesterday Jesse Marshall or last night was breaking down some Owen Pickering hockey, like, you know, playing for the WBS. Penguins getting his first couple of games in now in the AHL. Congrats to Owen Pickering, who I got the chance to watch in prospect camp. Looked pretty good. Definitely tall and skinny looking and not filled into his, what I'm sure will be a more formidable NHL body at some point soon, but looking pretty good. And, And somebody got on Jesse Marshall's case and said, I don't know. These penguins are going to be so bad and he's just going to be a middling level defenseman and we're going to be watching terrible penguins hockey before you know it. And Jesse came back and said, listen, any hockey is good hockey. And I'm, and I'd rather break down, you know, a low, what's going to be a, and I'm paraphrasing, but like a lowlier penguins team for the coming years after Crosby retires and all of that. And maybe beginning, maybe beginning now-ish. Because even if the Penguins, Jordan, go on a run here, even if they win a series, and that would be a run for me. A run would be the Penguins winning a playoff series. That would be a run. That's a deep playoff run for this team because they've looked decidedly like a team who does not deserve a playoff berth. 
at times. And then, and then they come in and play phenomenally for three games in a row and suddenly look like a team that no one's going to want to meet. And then they blow another lead against the Caps and they blow another lead, you know, against almost completely blow the lead against the Flyers. Again, really, I, it's, and I don't care how it happens. You can say, well, Malkin wasn't on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Malkin wasn't on the ice. He needs to be available in that situation. There is no complacency here. There is no playoff spot. It is a fluid as heck situation right now. You said it to kick off the episode. It's probably going to flip-flop a couple more times. We'll see. I I don't know. Um, this is particularly disappointing because it just didn't have to be this way this season, but it is. And yeah, whatever they end up doing to end the season, if they make it to the playoffs, that will feel like overperforming, I guess, because that's just the expectations are so low for this team. So I, I don't know. I want them to make the playoffs. I want playoff hockey really, really badly. Yes. I do. So hopefully they can provide that for us. But yeah, they've painted themselves into a corner and they really, really need the two points against the Devils tonight. Otherwise, it's going to be, yeah, it, it's going to be tight to finish out the, the last week and a half, two weeks. I'll say this. The Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins are active tonight. I would describe the matchups they're drawing tonight as equally difficult because technically the math is still there, barely, for the Buffalo Sabres to make a playoff spot if the Florida Panthers were to, like, essentially lose out or, I think, lose most of their games. Buffalo Sabres have two—no, excuse me. They're well within striking distance of making the playoffs. The Buffalo Sabres— have two games in hand on both the Penguins and the Panthers with 81 points to the Penguins' uh, 86 and the Panthers' 85. So four points behind the Panthers are the Sabres, their opponent tonight. Huge game for the Panthers and the Sabres tonight. If the Sabres were to win that game, not only does it take a little bit of steam off of the Penguins, a little bit of weight off the Penguins' shoulders, especially if they get a win versus New Jersey tonight, but... It's real tough stuff, real tough stuff going into Newark. Penguins goal differential minus one, the only negative goal differential number across the entire playoff picture, Eastern or Western Conference. But that number has crept up toward the positive a bit in the last few games. It was it was higher in the negative, okay, like bad badness wise. The New York Islanders, one point in front of the Pens. Pens go to sleep in the first wild card spot tonight if they have a, a gutsy win against the Devils on the road. And if the Sabres are really playing for their lives, look out. Because they're talented. We've seen what a tough out the Buffalo Sabres are. And they're on the rise, right? They're a, they're a team to me like the Red Wings, who in coming years... And whereas this might be kind of one of Florida's last opportunities to take this swollen roster they have and really, really do something with it. I mean, how many years of, of Bobrovsky really achieving as a goaltender? I don't want to throw him under the bus. I, he may have some of his best years in front of him. Obviously, he's, he's underachieved in the playoffs in his career as talented a goaltender as he is. Look at, look at the age Mark Andre Fleury is at and kicking butt. 
We may see Marc-Andre Fleury. I'll be at that game on Thursday. My cousin's a big Wild fan. He's coming in. You know, th- there's a lot of possibility here for the Pens. They got to get business done against some good teams. There is no easy out. The You know what the next one after that Wild game is? On Saturday is the Detroit Red Wings again. You know, and they are not, they're not in the Bedard lottery. They're 77 points. They're just out of the running at this point. They will do anything they possibly can to beat the Penguins Mm -hmm. at Little Caesars Arena again. They'd love to send us home licking our wounds and wishing we could have collected against those guys. They'd love to. So three tough games in a row starting tonight. Man, oh, man. Come on, Pens. Let's go. You get this one tonight. As as they're saying all around Penguins media and as we're all talking about, Pens control their own destiny right now. That... That wasn't necessarily going to be the case with how much they've underperformed. But they do still have that. They can say that. They control their own destiny. They can. They just need to at this point. They need to steer where they want it to go, and that starts with a win tonight. You know what I was thinking? Hmm. Let's go, Pens. Let's go, Pens.